our uh, scripture reading and our sermon will be about the prodigal of the lost son. It's Luke 15, verse 11 to 32. I'm reading from the New International Version. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off to a distant country, and there he squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death? I will send out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, and he was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am not, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill him. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead, and he's alive again. He was lost, and he's found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard the music and dancing. So he called out one of the servants and asked him, What was going on? Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed a fattened calf because he had him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I have been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes and comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him? My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. 
but we have to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and he is alive again. He was a lost and he's now found. Here ends the reading. God is good all the time. Let us pray. Father, as I share your word this morning, please hide me behind the cross that you will be saying, that you will be glorified, and you will be worshipped. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, before I start, let me give a short disclaimer. I am not Pastor Man, our current young and energetic leader and pastor of the group for United Methodist Church. I am not Pastor Jim Meredith, under whose leadership I and my family became a member of this church some 19 years ago. Pastor Meredith, Pastor Jim, as I call you, if you're worshiping, if you're worshiping, we love you. Thank you for understanding and thank you for inviting us into Group for United Matters Church. Wow, it's not easy to preach when the woman you love, your wife, your friend, breaks down and cries on the altar. What do you do? But God is in charge. Amen? So at this point, I just like to take a moment to wish all of the fathers, the grandfathers, the men in our congregation, and those of you online worshiping, a happy Father's Day. Your strength and your sacrifice as men and as parents have not gone unnoticed by all of us who have been blessed by the presence of a father in their lives. My question to the congregation this morning is, what image, what images do you have of a father? Or what characters, or what characteristics, or what attributes do you have of a father this morning on this Father's Day? I'm sure if this was a workshop and we had a flip chart to list from each of you, the characteristic of a father, the list would be unending. But this morning, I made up a list that I have few that I'd like to share with you of who a father is or the characteristic or the characters of a father. First, fathers have an essential role to play in the home, in our church, and in our society. Fathers are special and they are created in the image of God. Fathers see things differently. Fathers see things with different lenses. Fathers like to think before the act. 
fathers are those who are giving their entire life, nurturing, helping, caring for children, for others. It doesn't have to be biological. As long as you have that nature, that goodwill to care, you are a father in my book and in God's book. Of course, fathers like to watch college and Monday night football. <laughs> fathers are human beings. They are not perfect. They do make mistakes. I'm sure the list can go on and on. However, today, I want to talk about some of the characters of a father in the parable of the prodigal son. And this parable can be found in Luke 15, verses 11 to 32. It is an account with characters each of us can connect with. This simple but life-changing narrative enables us to understand what the Lord requires of fathers. What the Lord requires of fathers. The conduct of the father in the parable, which manifests through his attitude, allows us to see the behavior the Lord celebrates. Mercy, love, Patience, forgiveness, taking responsibility, and loyalty. Therefore, this morning in this sermon, I'm going to focus on three of these characters. Mercy, love, and loyalty. One of the characteristics we see in the father of the prodigal son is commitment to fatherhood. This loyalty is expressed not only by his readiness to welcome his son home, but also by the joy that follows after the son returns. We read in verse 20 that when the father saw the son returning home, he was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arm around him and kissed him. Luke 15, 20. And listen to this. The father does this with affection. Fathers, let's have affection in our lives. And this also can probably explain why the older brother got angry. That the person who has squandered his back and the father still had affection for him. That's the nature of the carnal being. That's the nature of a human being. Notice that the father does not ask the son, where has he been? He doesn't ask that question. He also does not lecture the son about his mistakes. Fathers, Let's try to avoid too much confrontation. We should be joyful when our kids come back home, like this father is doing. What the father does in the story, he simply ran towards his son, hugged him, and thanked him for coming back home. I believe God is calling 
God is willing to accept us just as we are, no matter our condition. Each and every one of us, no matter what condition, no matter what situation we're going through, no matter how low we are, no matter how frustrated we are, God is able and willing to accept us without precondition, unconditionally. Fathers has been given second, third, fourth chances. So fathers, let's be an example of such on the earth as our Heavenly Father has shown. Let's adopt an attitude of forgiveness. The father of the prodigal son had hoped this day would come. Maybe every day he would leave his home and go to the nearby small hill and look down to see if he could see a familiar face, if he could see his son coming. When he did not see someone he knew, he would return home hoping to see someone he knew one day. He was hopeful. He didn't give up. He didn't give up. Fathers, let us not give up on our children. Let us not give up in life. Life is too precious to give up. He did this every day, and his thoughts were frequently the same. The causes of this daily routine can be another sermon that we can investigate. However, although the son has squandered his inheritance, we see that the father is so happy to see his son return home. And that's important. The father did not dwell on a negative. He was looking at a positive end. The fact that the son has come home. That's what he concentrated on. That's what he, he was happy about. The second character that the father manifests is love. His love for his son springs from the heart and is pure in that it gratifies him to be constantly concerned about his son. This is the kind of love that the Apostle Paul talked about in 1 Corinthians. He writes that love is kind. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing. It bears all things. It hopes all things and never ends. First Corinthians 13. The kind of love that the Father displays is one that can reach down to every human suffering. When this type of love is displayed, the object of love does not feel humiliated. Instead, the object is value and honor. That's agape love. This is what we cherish. This is what we should strive to have as fathers. This is what our Heavenly Father described in his parable that a father should be or a father should ascribe to be. Amen? Amen. 
the father had a strong affection for his son. His joy when he sees the son indicates that his love for his son remained intact. Why the son has squandered his inheritance through loose living, the father did not cease, I mean, he did not cease to be the son of his father, despite all his shortcomings, despite all his shortfalls. What we simply see in this chapter is the love of the father and the happiness that his son had returned. That's the key point. Dad is happy, son is home. Dad is happy, son is home. That's love. Despite all the shortfalls, despite everything that happened in between. On the other hand, it is quite difficult to figure out what was going through the mind of the son when he saw his father in part because he knew he had sinned. But one can say or one can infer, one can deduce that the love of the father removed his fear. The agape love that he's seeing in his father, the unconditional love that he's seeing his father exhibit has removed the fear of going home even though he has fallen, even though he has sinned, even though he has squandered the world, he was still able to go home because the father possessed an unconditional love for his son. Our heavenly father does. God does possess an unconditional love for all of us. No matter what the situation is, no matter what we've done, no matter what kind of thing we've done, what sin we've committed, it doesn't matter. He loves us all. And this father is exhibiting that. Fathers on earth, can we do that? Grandfathers, can we do that? Men, can we do that? That's our challenge. On the other hand, the energetic concern from the father when he saw his son was not that he had wasted his inheritance. He was focused on the good that had been found again. He was focused on the good that has been found again. And in this scenario, that was the return of the son back to the truth about himself. And that truth is he has sinned against his father and against heaven. He realized that. In life, when you can realize your mistake, you can correct him. When you can humble yourself, you can correct your mistakes. It is true that he has squandered all the material things. That didn't matter to his father. Because material things can be replaced, but the lost soul can never be replaced. The father expresses his joy to him that he has been found again. The measure of love comes from the very essence of his fatherhood. So this father is exhibiting 
agape love, unconditional love, the love from God. That's what we see here. The world does not look at things the way this father does. In the eyes of the world, if you have shortcomings, if you have shortfalls, if you fall short, they want you to bear the pain, they want you to suffer for it, they want you to bear the consequences. But we see a father who has taken on biblical principle, showing love, unconditional love to a son who has squandered so much, who has gone astray, who has sinned, and yet is being accepted. That happens because it comes from the heart. The heart is pure. It is agape. It is unconditional. The third characteristic we see is the, father's mer- the father is mercy. In this parable, we see love being transformed into mercy. Having lost the inheritance, the son should have earned his living by working as a higher servant for his father. Although this could help him build something among the material provision, it will never be equivalent to the work that he has squandered. The son had to work to make a living. This is what the older brother possibly expected the father to do. I mean, the older brother is a human being. If you go squander your portion and you come back, what do you expect? So the older brother was probably expecting that the father would say, you know, just work, be your higher hand, whatever you earn, you can make a living on that. But that's not what happened. The father being who he is. Because his conduct had deprived him of the dignity of being a son, he had to suffer. The son acknowledged that he had sinned against heaven and his father. And yet, after all the son had done, the father could not allow their relationship to be altered by this. On his part, the son firmly believed that he did not deserve to be called a son anymore. He honestly evaluated himself and reached the conclusion that I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your higher hands. Luke 15, 19. So the son himself had realized his wrongdoing. He's evaluated himself. So even though the father has an unconditional love, unconditional forgiveness, the son has his portion. He has his part to play. And that is, he realized that he has sinned. He's confessed his sin. He's committed to going back. He's committed to correcting the wrong. While the son was ready to work as a servant, his father did not honor his request. The most important concern for the father was that the son had come to his senses. He had seen his action in their full truth, and this gave his father the confidence that the son was ready for reconciliation. 
reconciliation. Fathers and children, fathers and daughters, fathers and wives. You have to reconcile, we have to reconcile. That's an attribute that God wants. That's an attribute that God would like to see in our earthly fathers. As the father listened to his son's repentance, the son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. Luke 21. The father saw so clearly the good which has been achieved. He had compassion for his son and forgave him for all the evil he had done or he had committed. So the game we see an attribute of a father who is forgiving his son despite all the things that his son has done. The father did not allow the sins of the son to alter their relationship. Instead, the father was looking forward to reconciliation which happened after the son realized that he had erred. He had made mistakes. He had sinned against his father and against heaven. The reconciliation took place. Dad is happy. Son is home. The father was able to see his son with a different lens. Fathers see things through different lenses. Fathers like to think over things before they act. Even though fathers watch football, they still think before they act. The father saw what other people did not see in his son. That's key, that's important. As a father, you need to know your kids. As father, you need to look at your, your situation from different lenses and not from the perspective of the world. Because the world sees things differently than you do as a father. And that's what this father did. So today, God saw you, and he chose you, or he saved you, for a good reason. So believe in him. Serve him. Be a servant father. Be an observant father. Be a father that sees things through different lenses. Be forgiven. The parable of the prodigal son details some characteristics of a good father. The law is challenging fathers to strive to be rich in mercy, in love, in role model, in forgiveness and loyalty. While the world we live in is always pushing and shoving and leading us into certain lifestyle, the Lord is pushing us in a different direction. Remember that that we live in a world that's fast-paced, it's pushing us in a different direction, but as Christian fathers, the Lord is leading us in a different direction. Let's pay attention to that.
Let's be examples of the father in the story. Let's be example of the father in the prodigal son. Not only should we follow Jesus as fathers, but we should also be ready to do that which he requires of us. And what is it that he requires of us? We have to be fathers that have mercy, love, and loyalty. We cannot be fathers the scripture celebrates without those qualities. If we have those qualities and more, we can be the fathers that the scripture celebrates as described in the story. To do that, what is required of us is the willingness and the readiness to try. You don't have to be a hero. You don't have to be a celebrity. You just have to be willing. You have to be ready to try. That's all the requirement. The willingness and the ability God has promised us that he will never forsake us. So my word to you as I close today is fathers, grandfathers, men, those who have served all their life helping children and helping others, be strong. Be courageous for God. And he will enable you to do what he wants to do through you. Happy Father's Day.